Welcome to Blaze and Access, connecting the community to the disabled world. I am Blaze Bryant, Facebook.com slash Blaze and Shows. It's B-L-A-I-S-I-N Shows. Same with Twitter, and go check out my brand new website. It's long overdue for some updates. BlazeandShows.com. Hope you've had a great week and that all is well. As today, we have a very big story that we've got to talk about. It has been one of the top stories in our New York news cycle for the past week. And in some parts of the country. And that is a very, I don't know how else to say this, but very troubling story about... uh, New York underreporting nursing home deaths. And uh, we're going to cover this. Really, it's going to be kind of a magazine-ish type way in the sense that we're going to have plenty of audio. We're going to have plenty of quotes. And uh, it's, it's really, this is just a very sad state of affairs. Albany... Attorney General, and I'm grabbing the uh, quotes here, and I'm reading articles from the Albany Times Union. So Albany, or I'm sorry, New York Attorney General Letitia James on Thursday released a searing report that founded uh, that nursing homes, or, or that the state underreported nursing home deaths by as much as 50% here. I got a the 76 page report released Thursday morning follows a months long investigation by the attorney general's office into allegations of patient neglect and other conduct that jeopardize the health and safety of residents and employees, including information that nursing homes failed to properly isolate residents who tested positive for COVID-19, demanded sick employees continue to work or face retaliation or even termination. The disputed number of nursing home deaths, the Office of the Attorney General's investigation into the COVID-19-related nursing home deaths, shows that they were underreported by as much as 50%, which is just absolutely appalling to me. As the numbers here, I had it up here on my screen as I'm scrolling through to find them here. I think I've got it here. So the numbers reported by the New York State Department of Health, 1,000. 229 deaths. Those are the numbers reported by the Department of Health. And the number reported by the Attorney General's office is 1,914. Yeah, that's about 50%. Little shy. That's 685 more deaths than what was originally reported. Unbelievable. It's sad. One 
I mean, there are 13,000 nursing home deaths in New York State alone. Uh, that's one out of every eight, which is just try and wrap your head around that as I'm uh, working here to get some other quotes up here. Here we go. So what is being said about this in the legislature? Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort delivered, I think, the most uh, sharp critique of the uh, legislature, at least the reporting from the Times Union. And here, his, here is his quote. The report released today by, Attorney Gen- by the Attorney General is confirmation for the thousands of families who lost loved ones to COVID-19 in nursing homes. For months, Governor Cuomo and his administration have refused to be transparent or take any responsibility for actions they have taken during this public health crisis, including the deadly March 25th, 2020 order to send COVID-positive patients into nursing homes. Yep, that was a thing. By underreporting COVID deaths in nursing homes by as much as 50%, the Department of Health has betrayed the public trust. To repair that broken trust, I am calling on Health Commissioner Howard Zucker to resign. Uh, Dr. Howard Zucker, the Health Commissioner, will actually be hearing from him uh, pretty soon here. The... Senate Minority Leader, or sorry, sorry, the Senate Majority Leader, Andre Stewart-Cousins, had this to say, the tragic situation in our nursing homes remains a heartbreaking reminder of the toll the pandemic took on this state. Nothing will bring back the loved ones that we lost, but it is crucial that the information guides our response. So this will not happen again. Similar thing was said by the Attorney General in a news release. Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty said this health care crisis has taken a terrible toll on New York's families, and we will be closely reviewing the Attorney General's report. These are, in my estimation, and, and I get that they have to do this, you know, politically, but these quotes just show the fear that they they have uh, toward uh, Governor Cuomo and his administration as we are talking about the absolutely horrific uh, situation in nursing homes. The legislature, kind of along party lines, uh, saying more or less the same thing here as there are several members that were quoted in the uh, article. And I'm not going to read you every single quote because I want to get to some audio here in a little bit. But there were a few folks that were uh, count or that were quoted uh, in the article that are worth noting here as I'm uh, scrolling up here, I use a, a, a Braille keyboard and uh, 
I've got the I've got an article loaded up here on it, and sometimes it just takes a little bit for me to find uh, what I'm looking for. Uh, Facebook.com slash Blazin' Shows. It's B-L-A-I-S-I-N Shows. Same with Twitter and my brand new website, BlazinShows.com. As you are listening to Blazin' Access Show via the Pacifica Radio Network or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to find these quotes as we play some audio here. We're going to start with uh, the governor's briefing on Friday of this past week. He was asked why it took, and I remember watching these hearings over the summer. He was asked why it took this report for the Department of Health to release these numbers. Dr. Howard Zucker, the Commissioner of Health, had this response before he turned it over to Governor Cuomo. There are a few key points here that I'd like to make, which is that you know, we've always uh, been transparent on the number of nursing home deaths that were reported in the facility. We've always said those are the in-facility uh, deaths. And we've also uh, said that there have been hospital deaths. Uh, back in August, uh, we said that we would get the legislature uh, the number, and uh, we were working on that. Uh, particularly in anticipation of uh, my budget hearing, which is coming up next month. But when, when uh, I saw the uh, Attorney General report, I decided that we need to finish that up quickly uh, and get these numbers out in real time. Uh, the other key point, and this is a very important point to emphasize, is that the total number of deaths does not change. That number uh, has not changed, and, and we put that out. And to misrepresent that number actually is factually inaccurate, and so uh, in the report, when, when I saw that uh, that was there, I said that, that when they said there was undercounting, that's just factually inaccurate. We wanted to get that out. And, and Governor, as, we, as you have said on all of these presentations, uh, reporting the number of deaths is always the hardest number to report out there, and we wanted to be sure uh, that, that those numbers were accurate. Thank you. Yeah, just the, uh, also for the, remember the context here. The report affirmed everything the commissioner said. Uh, where this starts is, uh, frankly, a, a political attack from prior federal administration, HHS, their great spokesperson, Michael Caputo, who's Roger Stone protege, who said, we had more nursing home deaths in New York because of something that the state health department did. Uh, this report affirms everything the commissioner said for the past year. The State Department of Health followed federal guidance by CMS and CDC. Commissioner said no not-for-profit nursing home was forced to take anyone. Report confirms that. If they took a person who was not, who they could not care for, a COVID-positive person, they violated the law. The report says that. Uh, and the Department of Health only counted the number of deaths in hospitals and the number of deaths in nursing homes, released that number. That number stays the same. Well, how about people who were in, people who were transferred from a hospital back to a nursing home? 
that number, the department was correlating, because you have to get that from the nursing homes. And the report also says the information from nursing homes is often uh, incorrect. Uh, and that's the number to date, but it's an ongoing process. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo essentially playing the blame game here as he and Commissioner Howard Zucker addressed the media on Friday. We have more audio from them. Uh, To me, what the Commissioner of Health said is patently inaccurate because you had the numbers and you see this report and you're caught red-handed. That's why those numbers were released. That's why he finally released the numbers. He was waiting, and the governor was waiting, as long as they possibly could, to release those numbers. Okay. Uh, Other people quoted in the article. Brian O'Malley, who is the the, executive director of the Consumer Director Personal Assistance Association of New York State, says Attorney General James's report provides critically important information, but unfortunately, the acts it provides only adds further clarity to a problem we've known about for years. COVID-19 didn't create the problems we are seeing in nursing homes and other congregate settings. It made them worse. Viruses, isolation, and exploitation always have been issues in institutions. If we don't dramatically revamp our long-term care systems to prioritize and invest in home care, make nursing homes a last resort only, the tragic lessons of this virus will be lost. Yeah, reimagining long-term care, critically important. And we're going to wrap up the show by talking about a statewide campaign, Just Pay for Home Care. Stephen Hans, president of the president and CEO of the New York State Health Families Association, said, I think as a fundamental matter, the report demonstrates or confirms what we were saying at the onset of this pandemic. Back in March of 2020, and nursing homes were not made a top priority that nursing homes did not receive equal prioritization as hospitals at the onset of the pandemic. If you look, I'm sorry, if you look at and go through the report, it talks about testing. Nursing home residents and staff were not a priority, did not receive priority testing based on CDC guidelines, nursing homes struggled to secure sufficient PPE at the onset of the virus. Prior to the virus, we had insufficient staff, and the report speaks to that. For over 12 years, New York State has cut Medicaid reimbursement to nursing homes, so you had the reimbursement issues And when you take PPE and take testing and take staff shortages, these issues, or these issues, PPE testing and 
and most importantly, unlike any virus that we have ever dealt with, the COVID-19 virus present in almost 40% of individuals uh, asymptomatic. So uh, a lot to unpack there. Uh, Governor Cuomo said, though, in his press briefing that they did the best they could based on what they were told by the Trump administration. Federal guidance uh, said that uh, people who were in hospitals but who were presumed not contagious could go back to a nursing home, which could handle them. Not all nursing homes can handle them. And the nursing home had to, by law, say that they could handle those people. Uh, Now, the OAG's report in the Department of Health has said uh, if a nursing home accepted the person and couldn't handle the person, then they violated the law. And uh, that has to be justified. Because that's not just during COVID. That's a nursing home should never take a person who they can't handle. Uh, and uh, that's, that's an ongoing concern. Because if they accept a COVID person, do they accept a person with pneumonia? Do they accept a person with any disease uh, that they can't handle appropriately? You want to talk about making mistakes. How did COVID come here for three months and nobody knew? How did COVID leave China, go to Europe, and come here? And all these federal watchdogs, nobody knew it. How did you let New York sit here for three months receiving passengers from Europe who had the virus and nobody knew? How did you tell us that to spread the disease, you had to be symptomatic, which meant the sneezing, the coughing, that's how it spread? only to do a total 180 degrees later and say, oh, by the way, you can be asymptomatic and spread it. What? That's all the difference in the world. I will stop right there with that clip. Does the governor feel that everyone did the best they could? Everyone did the best they could. Uh, when I say the uh, State Department of Health, as the report said, uh, the State Department of Health followed federal guidance. So uh, if you think there was a mistake, then go talk to the federal government. It's not about pointing fingers or blame. It's that this became a political football, right? Uh, look, whether a person died in a hospital or died in a nursing home, it's People died. People died. I was in a hospital. I got transferred to a nursing home, and my father died. My father was in a nursing home, got transferred to a hospital, and my father died. People died. By the way, the same people are dying today. 96% of the people who die are older people with comorbidities which happens to be the population that lives in nursing homes. It's continuing today, even with all the testing that we're doing. Uh, 
If you look at New York State, we have a lower percentage of deaths in nursing homes than other states. A third of all deaths in this nation are from nursing homes. New York State, we're only about 28% only, but we're below the national average in number of deaths in nursing homes. Who cares? Who cares if you're below the average? The fact is, a lot of this could have been prevented. And we're going to hear from two legislators, Assemblyman Ron Kim and Senator Alessandra Biaggi from a Twitter stream that they did. If they were the governor, how would they feel? If you were the governor and you, you were in a position where you represented the wealthiest state in the nation, $1.7 trillion GDP, state GDP economy, um, 10th richest nation, a state compared to other nations. We're richer than Finland, richer than Canada, richer than Russia, South Korea. And you had these many people dying uh, in nursing homes. I, I would be so ashamed and just embarrassed that, you know, I, I'm sitting here in the richest place in the country and I've allowed these many people to die under my watch. Um, and I, I think if you were, and if you were in the position, I think Senator, you would have been contrite and you would have taken responsibility. And I think the first thing that I think a person like you and other leaders like you would have done is apologize and admit that you made a couple of mistakes um, and move on. Why is it so hard for the governor to just admit that he, he made some mistakes? Like what, what is the big deal? Like we can understand that in the first wave, we not, it's not perfect. Like everyone was making mistakes. I think, I totally. think if it was transparent, I think he would have won a lot of us over. As much as I have some long history with them, but if he actually met in that moment, I would have been right there next to him supporting everything that he did. But why is it so hard for him to be truthful, transparent, and, and collaborative? I mean, Ron, I could not agree with you more about taking the accountability and just being honest about making a mistake. I think that the one thing I can be certain about is that the public is is and would have been forgiving of in that first wave, a couple of mistakes being made because nobody really had a roadmap to figure out how to handle this crisis. Now, I say that with one caveat, which is this. If you are a leader in New York, and Ron, I feel like you, Assembly Member, I feel like you feel the same way about this. If you are a leader in the state of New York, no matter what level of government it is that you are part of, but especially if you are at the highest levels of our government, there is a higher standard and a higher bar that is going to be expected of you. And so when I think back to February and March, I do think, and I have thought, and I was thinking in real time at that time, that if you are an executive leader, you absolutely have the ability to pick up the phone and call other countries and other leaders of other countries that have dealt with this, right? So at the very time that it was in the United States, in Washington, where we saw some of the first deaths in the United States in nursing homes, that would have been a perfect time to get some guidance on how they were handling it or how 
Italy was handling it or how South Korea was handling it or Singapore or other places in the world. And I think that if anyone thinks that we can't do that because we're just leaders in New York, that's not right. New York is one of the centers of the universe. And it means that because we are leaders in so many things that we have a responsibility to call on other leaders for help when we don't have the answers. Unfortunately, because these serious mistakes were made and then in the middle of the crisis, a book was written and so much praise was taken and given to our executive. It almost insulated him from being able to have any wrongdoing. And so when this report now is out after the book, after all of these these amazing awards and accolades have been given to him, it must be hard to think to yourself, well, I have to take accountability for this terrible thing, even though I created this roadmap for how to deal with the crisis. For me, it's not hard. You, when you make a mistake, you make a mistake and you apologize and you deal with it and you, you make sure that those who were harmed or wronged are given the ability to make, be made whole. That is Assemblyman Ron Kim and Senator Alessandra Biaggi talking about the crisis we are dealing with. Let's preview what we have on tap for next week. This bill is calling on the state to raise the minimum wage for all home care workers. So that includes CDPA personal assistance as well as traditional agency PCA workers to 150% of the regional minimum wage. And that might sound a little bit confusing. Um, So we don't want to set it at the minimum wage for the state because that's just unfair. We need to compete um, with industries within our communities. So for example, if fast food in your area has won the right to $15 an hour, you would multiply 15 by one and a half, 1.5. That's $22.50. That would be the minimum wage in that area for home care workers should this bill pass. That is Kendra Scalia, the president of the board president of the Consumer Director Personal Assistance Association of New York State, talking about the Just Pay for Home Care campaign that the New York Caring Majority, which is a grassroots organization of people with disabilities and others who are pushing for very progressive legislation to ensure that healthcare workers are properly paid. I can speak to this as someone who utilizes home care because as I've said before, I'm completely blind and I was using a braille keyboard and it took me a little bit to find what I was uh, looking for. And, uh, my my aid works four jobs just to make a living. Uh, I'm only able to pay her minimum wage as well as my other friends who utilize consumer-directed personal assistance, which allows us to be independent and live here at home. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got to work four jobs. So we're going to learn a lot more about the Just Pay for Home Care campaign next week here on Blazing Access. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Blazing Access, connecting the community to the disabled world. 
What do you think? Let me know at facebook.com slash blazing shows. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N shows. On Twitter at blazing shows. Or email me at blazing shows at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and at my website, blazingshows.com. To quote the late Christopher Reeve, a hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Take care of yourself and we'll talk again next week on Blaze and Access. I'm Blaze Bryant. <laughs>